think. Hello, welcome to the Money Level Show. It is Daryl Dominic, and today I'm going to be bringing you some concepts in relation to finances and investments and all of those different types of things. And so just remember that with the Money Level Show, our motto is to think, act, and prosper, not only in wealth, but in all areas of life. You hear me? And so today, that's what we're going to do. You know, let's break those steps down. We're going to think, think about what is being said. We're going to act, act upon what is being said, and we're going to prosper as a result of thinking and acting. And it's not only in wealth, it's in all areas of life. And so today's topic is to stop spending money that you do not have. What do I mean by that? Stop spending money that you do not have. So when we look at this from a macroeconomic level, our country is 27 trillion in debt, 27 trillion in debt. And so our government is running big deficits. Deficits are spending money that we don't have. The government is supposed to be funded by the taxpayers. Currently, the taxpayers are only funding about 40 cents out of every dollar that the government spends. So the government is is borrowing 60 cents per dollar. And so now the question is, who has to pay that back? If government is funded by the people, who has to pay that back? The people will have to pay that back. And so a lot of times um, the government is funded through taxation. Sometimes the government is funded through taxation without representation, which is inflation. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, y'all. Just I just hit y'all with a, with a rhyme scheme there. Um, but inflation is the rising of goods and services, the rises of prices. As we can see, um, grocery prices have went really high. It could go higher. Um, we've seen uh, airline tickets go higher. Hotels go higher. Uh, me, I've done some work around my house and the price of wood and lumber has went really high. And so uh, we can see that our purchasing power, how much our dollar can purchase is getting less and lesser. And so that is what we call inflation. Although the Federal Reserve uh, measures inflation in a different way, they measure it based off of things like televisions and, and iPads and things like that. Um, but from what we're seeing, you know, us, all of us who are on Main Street, which is the real economy, we're going to the grocery store and we're not able to get as much uh, groceries as we could about six, seven months ago. And so. When you think about that, the dollar is losing purchasing power. Back to the topic of stop spending money that we don't have. That's domestic debt, the 27 trillion. OK, so now let's talk about consumer debt, which is debt based off the citizens of the United States. Fourteen point one trillion. So fourteen point one trillion. And that averages out to every citizen that is 16, the age of 16 and above, that averages out to about 90,000 apiece. And so uh, obviously not everyone has debt, but that is what the debt averages out to 90,000 per citizen. And so 
we have a lot of debt. Um, and that was the reason why the 2008 global financial crisis happened. The recession happened was because of all of the debt that was in the system. And so when I say stop spending money that we don't have, you know, we should not be borrowing money. So whenever we use a credit card, we are borrowing money that we pay interest to the bank on. We should not be spending that money that we don't have. Okay, so let's say COVID, for example, you know, when COVID-19 hit, you know, a lot of people started living off credit cards, you know, and to be honest, we should have all had savings saved up. We should have all had some type of emergency fund saved up. And I'm not excluded from this, you know, because I didn't have an emergency fund saved up. And so, but these principles that I'm talking about is things that I've learned over the years. And then, you know, when, when things hit the fan, it's like, okay, I should have had that put away. I should have been responsible and, and had savings put away. I shouldn't be living off credit cards. I shouldn't be paying my bills with credit cards. And so we're spending money that we don't have. If the bank were to come to your house today and say, hey, we're ready to collect our um, you owe what you owe on credit cards. You need to pay that back to me. We will all be doomed because we're spending money that we do not have. A few things to address this is to look at how you can save an emergency fund because your credit card should not be your emergency fund. Your emergency fund should be separate from a credit card. Emergency fund, you know, me, I used to teach Dave Ramsey and it's recommended that you have at least an $1,000 emergency fund saved up in the bank, specifically only for emergencies. So uh, if you're hungry on the way to work, you know, uh, that's not an emergency. Um, if you see a new deal on TV, like you want to get this new iPhone or something, that's not an emergency. And so it's only for emergencies. Say like you uh, get a flat tire, your car breaks down, uh, you have to get something electrical fixed around your house. You know, things like that are emergencies, you know, medical emergencies, things like that. And so we should all have at least a thousand dollar emergency fund, but it's recommended that you have three to six months worth of expenses saved up that if anything were to happen, you were to lose your job due to COVID, uh, you were to um, be in a, a sticky situation financially, you would be covered for three to six months while you are able to figure out what you need to do next. Uh, that is why it's recommended that you have three to six months emergency fund. So how can we stop spending this money? You know, um, how can we pay down our debts and stop spending this money? So a few things that I've kind of come to know, um, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and 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 she she's going on vacations and stuff. And we're talking about this whole debt thing. And and, you know, she asked me, what are some things that I do to kind of tackle my debt? So one thing is to. Uh, stop spending money I don't have. <laughs> I know that sounds pretty simple and basic, but it is what it is. Um, and so anytime that I have a craving, you know, say like, you know, I'm driving to work and I see Starbucks and they got that new s'mores frap or something like, you know, and sometimes I have to just exercise discipline and like, okay, I'm not going to get it. A lot of times when I don't get it, I will pay that towards one of my credit cards. The money that I was going to spend at Starbucks, I would pay that towards one of my credit cards. 
Uh, another thing is if I end up getting that Starbucks, what I would do is I will match what I paid at Starbucks and put that on my credit card so that I'm not spending extra money that I don't have. And I'm actually paying off some debts as well. And so those are a couple things that I do. Uh, I do recommend that you, um, you know, put money to the side, you know, every paycheck, whether that's, you know, you paying the minimum amount of your debts, like, okay, I'm just going to pay the minimum payment, save up a thousand dollars, and then I'm going to start knocking off the debt. And so a lot of times that that's a good way to do it as well. The biggest thing, you know, from today is to stop spending money that we don't have. We we don't know what's going to happen in the future. You know, me personally, I believe that the economy is going downhill. And so um, spending money that you don't have is not going to help. I mean, a lot of people are going to default on their debt, on their mortgages and all those different things. We have not seen the full impact of COVID-19 and the um, and the crisis, the economic crisis that we are facing. A lot of people think that we saw the economic crisis because of COVID-19 and the economic crisis crisis was happening before COVID-19. A lot of people don't realize that. So we, we usually have a, a crash every um, eight to 10 years, I would say about seven to 10 years. So we're long overdue. The last one we had was in 2008. It is 2020. We were long overdue uh, last year in uh, the repo market, which the repo market is a market where banks and investors loan money to each other and trade dollars and things like that. It's called the repurchase market. They saw a huge spike in the interest rates overnight. And so the interest rates went from about one or two percent to about 10 percent. And so the Federal Reserve had to come in and print money to decrease those interest rates. And so that was a, a red flag for the economy. And a lot of people didn't know that. And that happened in September of 2019 before COVID even came to America. COVID was the catalyst that started all this. We saw a big bubble just pop. We saw stocks uh, decrease by, you know, probably about 80%, something like that, something crazy. COVID, you know, did contribute to that. But obviously right now we've seen like monetary and fiscal policy kick in and start to get the economy back up. But the economy is not really back up. What's happening in Wall Street is not what's happening on Main Street. Main Street, a lot of people are still unemployed. If you look at the unemployment numbers, we've seen a huge spike in unemployment when COVID hit. We saw three million a week, you know, filing for unemployment and continuously every week. You know, we were having millions filing for unemployment. I mean, we reached about 50, you know, 50 million and and. To put that in some context, that is the most we've ever seen unemployed. You know, usually we have two, three, four, five million. And this time we had 50 million. Of course, a lot of those jobs came back and things like that. But the shutdowns also prevented a lot of jobs from coming back. A lot of moms and pop shops that weren't able to afford uh, to pay mortgages or rents uh, to commercial uh, commercial uh, holders or whatnot that own co commercial properties, you know, what what could they do? Uh, right now, we have a lot of laws and regulations in place to prevent evictions. So a lot of people that are renting homes out to people, they can't evict. 
A lot of a lot of uh, banks can't foreclose on mortgages. They can't foreclose on homes right now because of the laws put in place. And then we have unemployment, uh, the extra unemployment money going in, and they're trying to continue that on. And so how long can we keep this going? When it stops, what happens? And so those are some things that we have to think about. When when the unemployment stops, what happens? Do people lose their homes? People can't pay their rent. When the laws are are uh, done with for you can't evict or you can't foreclose on homes, what happens? Does the landlord come back and say, hey, you, you owe me six months rent? Does the bank come back and say, hey, you owe me six months mortgage? We have to think about those things. And so in order to prepare yourself for this, me personally, you know, I can't give financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. I say that I'm not an accountant either. But I've done a lot of research. And what I do personally is I invest in gold and silver. I buy gold and silver. A lot of people may may say, "Okay, why do you do that? Uh, Well, I do that because historically, whenever we've seen inflation, which we're seeing now in the Federal Reserve chairman, Jerome Powell, said that inflation would go up two percent. What they're trying to they're trying to average it out at two percent. Let me correct that. That means it can go above two percent. That's pretty much what they're saying is that the prices of goods and services are going to rise. When that has happened historically, we look at in the 70s, his inflation went really high and the prices of goods and services went really high and the price of gold and silver went really high. And so that that is why I invest in gold and silver, because it's a hedge against inflation. It saves some of your purchasing power because the value of gold goes up when we see inflation happening in our economy. And so that is one reason I invest in it. A couple other reasons is I, I like I like the power I have with gold. I feel like cash is is trash. I mean, it's just a piece of paper. The U.S. dollar used to be backed by gold. And so when that was happening, our government had to be fiscally responsible because they could only spend as much as gold they had. Whenever the dollar was taken off the gold standard, um, which was done by Richard Nixon, by the way, um, they could print as much money as they wanted. And the dollar was pretty much um, just backed by faith. It's called fiat. It's a piece of paper and people have faith in it. It's not backed by any physical commodity like gold or silver, which gold and silver has been used for money for a long time throughout history. That is one reason why I invest in in gold and silver. Um, And so you should consider that. You know, I will be advocating for that. So be sure to stay tuned with the Money Level Show, uh, regardless of where you're at financially, whether you are rich, poor, middle class, whatever, if there is a middle class, then you can get something from this podcast. And so I'm going to be interviewing some people and I appreciate you all supporting and continue to subscribe. Follow me on social medias, Money Level Show on uh, Instagram and Twitter and the Money Level Show on Facebook. Um, Thank you all for tuning in and we will be in touch. Be sure to Send any questions that you may have to the money level show at gmail.com.